It's been the week of inflation and rates here on Money News, and we couldn't leave you without wrapping up the rest of the bank moves today. The two biggest loan books in the country, Commonwealth Bank and Westpac, joined the party, and they have both increased their home loan variable interest rate by 0.25%. Some of the smaller players have all also followed suit. Suncorp, Macquarie, ING, all adjusting their variable interest rates across the board in the last 24 hours by 0.25%. And the conversation this week really has been not only about rates, but where the future may be, but it's also about affordability of repayments. And for those who are looking for a property, and those who may have a bit of FOMO or fear of missing out in the pandemic, could this be a good time to buy? You've got to remember that the biggest movements in mortgage repayments will come on those who have borrowed the most. So it's not necessarily about interest rate rises. It's about those who have the biggest loans. So as house prices decline, it could mean an opportunity for some buyers to come out of the woodwork and say, well, a $500,000 house or a $600,000 house may certainly be an option because the debt level that they may carry may be lower. 131873, I'm interested to hear your comments tonight. Are you looking at house prices to maybe buy yourself a bargain because interest rates have gone up? Have you recently bought and thinking that maybe you bought too much? Or more importantly, are you now in the market with pre-approval and ready to strike? 131873, one man who's predicting and probably hoping that the property market starts to pick up soon, is the CEO of First National Real Estate, Ray Ellis, and he joins me for the first time in 2023 on Money News. Good evening to you, Ray. Great to be back, and you've got a big show lined up tonight. It's a privilege to talk about housing first. (laughs) You've got the first cab off the rack, Ray. Let's talk about interest rate pain on mortgage holders, because some people can't borrow as much as they would like, but there are some housing bargains around. Yes, well... We're seeing across the industry, across the whole market, a real difference, particularly in the start of this year, to what was at the end of COVID times, where house prices were increasing, sales activity was high. If you look at the big cities of Sydney and Melbourne, Sydney auction rates, clearances were down about 10%, but still 70% last weekend. Melbourne was 71%, but only down from 74% from last time last year. So we're seeing still a lot of activity not to the same numbers of volume, because that's listings are down, which is available stock on the market. But what we're seeing available for sale is selling, which shows that the, as you just said, the pre-approved buyers are still out there. And there's another part of the market we're looking at, which is the ability for mum and dad to give to their children more money for a deposit. We're seeing a lot more activity in that. So the bargains are certainly out there, but there's a lot less stock. We need more stock. But the buyer activity has started off reasonably strong in 2023. Uh, look, Ray, I think that word gifting for some of the millennials, and I'm not stereotyping them, but some of that money may start to dry up because inflation's still sitting at 8%. Mortgage rates are now you know, generally about 5%. So some, of pe- some people need to realise that their first home cannot be the home of their dreams. They need to adjust their buying mentality and be realistic with their expectations, especially in a, lo- in a higher interest rate environment where they have to make sure that they can meet the repayments. Is that fair to say? That's true, common. We always advise pe- people who are younger, particularly first home buyers, you may not be buying your dream home for the next 40 years. You may not be buying the area you live. And in fact, we're seeing a big trend too 
for example, in Melbourne, renting in Richmond or North Melbourne or Sydney and Surrey Hills or Paddington and buying an investment property in regional areas or other parts of town. That's becoming very popular so they can maintain their lifestyle, which they deserve to do it, but their investment in property is at a far more affordable price where they can afford that and perhaps not lean on mum and dad as much. The, the tree change and sea change we saw massively through the pandemic, Ray, uh, are we starting to then feel as though that people are starting to come back to CBDs, even if it is just from a rental point of view, especially as you just touched on, where people may have investment properties in those regional areas? Rentals are very tight all around Australia. Mm. I'm reluctant to use the word rental crisis, but it's almost reaching those proportions. So if you've got a good rental property and you're a good tenant, you've got a good landlord, hang on to that. Just make that work for you. So the tree change, sea change, work from home, work remotely, go to the office two or three days, that's actually almost certain here to stay in a number of industries. So this trans movement of people of working from home and home internet and Zoom meetings actually features in lots of households now, but that's also creating demand because you need an extra room for an office, you need an extra room for storage of equipment, and a portion of your house becomes your working environment. That's changing the demographics in the tree chains, sea chains environment. Because you're not retiring to those areas, you're actually semi-retiring and still working. Now, the government has been in support, both the, the coalition and the current government, uh, in people looking to downsize. And there's been tax incentives and superannuation incentives. Now, despite the fact that rates are rising, are you seeing some older Australians downsizing then putting money into superannuation? I've said this before. The average Australian sees their home like that great movie, The Castle. And any government <laughs> push to make me sell my castle to downsize will always be treated with suspicion. But what people are making the judgment call on, do I need this big house? Can I do the sea change? Can I downsize? I will make that decision myself to yes. help myself and my family. And if a government initiative helps out along the way, I'll take advantage of that, but it won't prompt me to do it. We're Fair not call. seeing people do that, yes. Fair call, right? Now, finally, the government has committed $10 billion today in a housing future fund. Do you think this goes any way towards solving the housing crisis that we've got in this country? The housing crisis, as I said earlier, is more so much a rental crisis. We're not building enough homes. Uh, demand slowed down in COVID. We've got to pick that up. But the future fund and the federal government has released a number of initiatives. The housing minister, Julia Collins, she's been very good at promoting this because it's primarily a state government responsibility, but the feds are being heavily involved in it. Social housing for low-income and disadvantaged people is at a crisis point around Australia because state governments need to build more social housing. The private sector cannot take care of that, and that's the pressure being put on all landlords and all tenants as they struggle to find a home. So any initiative that the federal government, and particularly state governments, put in, our industry support that, not because that's our industry, because we want the average Australian to have a good rental property that they can afford, and we want a landlord to make their wealth out of it in helping Australians be able to rent a good property. Ray Ellis, CEO of First National Real Estate, good friend of Money News. Great to have you back on 2023. Thank you for joining me this evening on Money News. Thank you. Bye.